Hello everybody, this is just a quick note to, to let you know that the Televerse is going to be on the Sound On Sight radio iTunes feed for the first few weeks. We will be transitioning to our own feed, but for now we thought we'd uh, launch with the rest of the Sound On Sight family. So check out the show and let us know what you think. We will control the horizontal. We will control the vertical. Just one more thing. Hey now. Oh boy. Holy mechanical armies. Mom always liked you best. Oh, she did. <laughs> you wanted to be one word. What is the other word? One of these days. Are we having fun yet? It's gonna be legend. Wait for it. Now, you might very well think that. But of course, I couldn't possibly comment. Bertie Helens agreed. Oh, come on! Missed it by that much. Good evening. Hello, and welcome to the Televerse, Sound On Sight's new TV podcast. This is Kate Kulczyk, and I'm joined by... Mr. Simon Howell. That's me. Howdy. The Televerse is going to be a weekly podcast that will cover, first, the the week in TV, as far as Simon and I are concerned, at least, and then feature an episode spotlight, followed by an entry from the DVD shelf where we're going to have guests on to talk for about a half an hour or so about a show that they think that our listeners should check out. This week, to launch things off, we're going to go through this fall season and tell you what all the new series are, which ones you should check out, and which ones maybe, you know, to give a pass to. Uh, we'll be right back after this. I've got to stand up, can't just clam up, it's time to... We're back with the Televerse, and Simon, it's time to start our fall preview. Uh, Do we have to? <laughs> yeah, I suppose, I suppose. Overall, it's not really a happy landscape, is it? No, I mean, it's the, the networks would like to think it is. There's a lot of comedy, but uh, yeah, there's, you know, um, we're going to get to Terra Nova in a minute, but that's sort of like that like future hellscape mm-hmm. that where, where there's no oxygen and and everyone just looks really sad. That's sort of what the fall is like. Yeah, it's a lot of missteps, shall we say, out the gate that hopefully some of these shows will recover from. But before we get to doom and gloom, let's uh, let's uh, start on Sundays. So the new fall series we have on Sundays are at 8 o'clock Eastern, Once Upon a Time on ABC, and then as well Alan Gregory on Fox, and then at 9 o'clock, we have Pan Am and Hell on Wheels, Pan Am on ABC and Hell on Wheels on AMC. And then at 10 o'clock, we have Homeland on Showtime. So I had Sunday. To, I'm going to be covering the Sunday shows. And first, we have Once Upon a Time, which is a, a fairy tale um, based show or derived show. Sort of similar if, if anyone listening has read the, the graphic novel uh, Fables. It's sort of in that realm. But the premise is that an evil queen curses all of fairy tale land into the modern world and forces everyone to forget who they are um, and sticks them in, I believe it's Maine, Storybrooke, Maine. Um, and our protagonist is called Emma Swan, who doesn't know that she's actually Snow White's daughter. And she comes to Storybrooke with her 10-year-old son, who she had given up uh, for adoption. 
and she so she has to unravel what's going on and try to save fairy tale land even though she doesn't necessarily know or believe that it's in any sort of peril so um this one seems like it could be interesting um i like fables i like story you know fairy tales and that element i like the cast um the fans of house will recognize jennifer morrison um cameron from house in the lead and there's a lot of um there's a lot of strong character actors backing up the rest of the cast as well um so I, it could be interesting i'm gonna check it out and see what happens do you have any thoughts on that one well, uh, it seems like everything this fall is happening in pairs or more than pairs. And we've also got Grimm, which we're going to talk about later, unfortunately. Uh, but of the two sort of fairy tales come to life shows, uh, this is, I think, by far the more promising one. Uh, that being said, is I mean, is it going to pan out well as a series? I have no idea. But the preview is uh, a little intriguing, very uh, dark, but not oppressively so. Uh, good cast, um, and as Fables has shown us, there's all sorts of interesting things you can do with fairy tale characters in a modern setting. Uh, so yeah, we'll uh, we'll see how it pans out. But I'm gonna say maybe <laughs> a strong and happy maybe. Okay. <laughs> Yay! Trust me, a, a maybe is good in this in this lot. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, um, so next we have Alan Gregory, which is an animated. Uh, half-hour comedy on Fox, and the premise is that an over-intelligent, pretentious seven-year-old uh, has to go to elementary school, a public elementary school with the normies, and it's from Jonah Hill, Andrew Mogul, and Jared Paul, and the main character will be voiced by Jonah Hill. So it's, um, I think it's, this is the most promising of the sitcoms that I uh, was looking at, and it's nice to to, for me to see Jonah Hill doing something different than what so much of his film identity has been over the past several years. So it could be good. I, you know, there's some, some good jokes in the, the setup. So we'll, we'll see what comes of it, but I think it's worth checking out. Well, I, I think it's, I think voice work is a very smart move for him because we don't know what the reaction is going to be on film to skinny Jonah Hill. We don't know if that's going to freak people out or not. So, it's it's good for him that he has a contingency plan. I I wasn't very impressed by the by the promo for this. There's there's you know two three to six minute promos floating around for almost all of these. This one I'm not crazy about the animation style, and I didn't I, I don't think I I even chuckled at any of the gags in the in the promo. So mm, I I can't endorse this one. Okay. But I I I I wish him well. But it I'm not sure this is this is uh, my thing. Um, I should have mentioned earlier, uh, Once Upon a Time is going to premiere on October 23rd, and Alan Gregory is going to premiere on October 30th. Next, we have um, Pan Am, which is on ABC, and um, well, the premise for this one is basically stewardesses and pilots in the 1960s, and there's going to be intrigue and drama, but that's the basic gist, and that's what ABC seems to care the most about people taking away from their promos. I'm not interested in this series at all. As soon as it came out that not only were they going to censor out any smoking in, uh, particularly in the, the planes, you know, while they're flying and that they were going to, uh, sort of, you know, not cover the fact that there was a lot of segregation 
um, at this time, even amongst the stewardesses and such, uh, any interest that I had in this show just went away. Uh, what about you? Well, I, I think that really speaks to their their priorities. I, th- I think that they're taking a look at Mad Men and saying, okay, we like the sex and the outfits and the style and the novelty of doing a show in the past. Can we not have all the other interesting problematic stuff, please? Uh, and that comes through in the promos, and it's also and it's coming through in their decisions with uh, with, with you know things that they that they won't do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it doesn't seem to me that it's that it has a lot of integrity right off the bat. So that's never a good sign. Um, hopefully they'll surprise us, um, but yeah, it's it's not very promising. For those interested, though, the pilot will will air on September twenty fifth at ten p.m. Eastern. Okay, next we have Hell on Wheels. The premise for this one is that it's an epic western based around the the building of the Transcontinental Railroad. Um, And so, you know, there's all the issues of the wounds of the nation healing after the Civil War, and there's all the racial issues, etc. I love westerns, but I am not interested in this one. I feel like AMC is still batting over 500, but... uh, I'm I I'm not really interested in this. It has a really good cast, but it looks incredibly pretentious. And after Deadwood, a, a show that wants to be a serious, gritty take on a western, has to be pretty darn good to be of interest to me. Yeah, I think you nailed it. Um, and it doesn't help that the buzz around the pilot is very not so great, um, which is which is really bad for AMC because they need another hit, really really mm-hmm. bad. Yeah, after all the negative press they've been getting with the behind-the-scenes drama, the the fact that I would say Helen Wheels is the worst-reviewed pilot of any of the series they've had so far, I mean, that's not helping. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and especially and not just the behind-the-scenes stuff, but also the whole debacle with the killing finale, mm-hmm. was, which was hilarious, don't get me wrong, uh, isn't doing them any favors. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Hell on Wheels is going to premiere on November 6th, so that one's still a ways off. The last uh, Sunday new show is called Homeland. It's on Showtime, and the premise for this one is uh, a POW comes home from, I believe it's Iraq, and the main character who works in intelligence gets information that there is a POW that is going to be returning that was turned and is now actually a sleeper terrorist. So the the series will follow his transition back into, uh, you know, civilian life, and as well as Claire Danes' character investigating this lead and the question of, is this POW the POW that she got warned about? This show's a fantastic cast. I already mentioned Claire Danes. The POW is going to be played by Damian Lewis. Uh, Mandy Patinkin plays Claire Dane's uh, boss, and then Marina Baccarin uh, of Firefly and V will be playing Damian Lewis's wife. So I think the premise is interesting, and I love this cast, so I'm definitely going to check it out. Yeah, it, it's, it, was, it was the last trailer uh, that I saw and on, on Showtime's awful website, and uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it could be intriguing. Like you said, good cast. Um, it the premise sort of seems to split the difference between 24 and Rubicon. And I never watched 24, but I did enjoy Rubicon, uh, despite its many, many flaws. Uh, yeah, it, it could be interesting. It's, it's, we don't really have, um, 
uh, a good show right now involving the intelligence community. So maybe we should. That's one of the show pilots that's going to premiere sooner. That's um, October 2nd at 10 p.m. Eastern. Um, so now let's move on to Monday. So Simon, you did you took care of Monday for us. Uh, what's the what's the situation looking like there? Uh, we got five new series on Mondays, including one that I wasn't able to find the time slot for. But uh, on uh, on 8 p.m. Fox premieres Terra Nova on September 26th, with a two-hour uh, premiere. It was created by Kelly Marcel and Greg Silverstein. Stephen Lang is involved. He, you, you might know him as the villain from Avatar, a.k.a. the only good thing about Avatar. <laughs> Essentially, it's about time-traveling colonists who flee a grim dystopian Earth uh, and find themselves inadvertently sharing space with dinosaurs. So we know that phony biblical scientists aren't going to like it. <laughs> good times. <laughs> Broadcast network sci-fi is often a dicey proposition. I mean, this at least appears to have good production values, good interesting actors. Dinosaurs are always also a dicey prospect if you can't back it up. Hopefully there's more going on than just running. I'm I'm willing to bet there's going to be aliens and evil hybrid people. There's going to be all they're they're just going to throw everything into this thing. I I can just see it. Uh but you know, I'll, I think I'll definitely check out the oh, it's really a 2-hour pilot. Oh, do we have to do that? Uh, I'll, I'll check it out unless I hear that it's totally awful. What do you think? I, I'm i not interested in this show, really even a little bit. But I'm, I will check it out because it's you know it's been in the works for so long. And it, it feels like Fox has really taken a gamble on, you know, uh, dinosaurs week to week. So, you know, the, the cast doesn't thrill me. You know, greatly. I, I have enjoyed most of them in, in their previous projects, but it's not a group of people, you know, who I will go out of my way to watch. And I don't really, this might be blasphemy, but I don't really care about dinosaurs that much. So I don't think this is necessarily the show for me, but as ever, I'm hoping to be surprised and I'm hoping that I will enjoy it. I, well, you know, that's, I guess that's the most anyone can hope for. Uh, at, eight, at 8.30 on CBS, uh, Two Broke Girls, which is co-created by Michael Patrick King and Whitney Cummings. We're going to get back to her uh, later. Michael Patrick King, of course, is best known for Sex and the City. He also, uh, as a result, directed one of the worst movies of all time, Sex and the City 2. If you don't believe me, watch it. I swear to God. Uh, anyway. No, just don't. Just, just believe you. Don't, don't watch it. <laughs> and anyway, this one stars uh, Kat Dennings and uh, Beth Bears, uh, two waitresses who both work at a uh, Brooklyn restaurant. One of them used to be very wealthy. One of them is not. Hilarity ensues or not. Uh, so we, we finally get to the sitcom portion of the, of the evening. And, who boy, uh, this looks bad. And yet, by this fall's standards of bad, it's not so bad. <laughs> I, I, I may not be explaining this right, but these, these, uh, th- this is somewhere in the middle of, of, of awfulness for, the, for, this, for this false sitcoms, but it does look pretty awful. Yeah, listening to some of the interviews with the, the creative minds behind this show, I was sort of flummoxed and surprised to hear them talking about how this is a premise we haven't seen before. The former rich person and the poor person thrown together. They're so different. I wonder if they'll get along. Um, so, yeah, I don't see anything in this that looks any different than something we haven't seen before and better executed. So, uh, 
I, I like Kat Dennings. I mean, she's she's a lot of fun, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kat Dennings also recently uh, added a tie to, uh, to to awful cinema. If you ever want to impress your friends by one-upping them with with a with a new and awful film, uh, go rent Daydream Nation. She stars in it. It's a Canadian film. It's it's awful. Trust me on this one. You you won't be disappointed if that's what you're looking for. Hey, speaking of awful things, uh, 9 p.m. Uh, sorry, I forgot to mention that Two Broke Girls premieres uh, September 19th. And uh, next up on September 26th is uh, Heart of Dixie on the CW, which, if I'm not wrong, was formerly called Good Christian Bells. And before that, it was called Good Christian Bitches. Actually, there's a separate mid-season show. That's, that's Good oh, is, Season Bells. Oh, right. So they, right, so they, so they took they, the, yeah, the time Okay, slide. that's what it is. That, okay, yeah. okay. They wanted to avoid confusion because the... The family in this uh, series is is named Bell. Anyway, essentially Rachel Bilson, who is always promise of quality, stars as a uh, city doctor who moves to the country where people are wacky. Uh, we've also got uh, Scott Porter from Friday Night Lights and uh, The Good Wife, probably best remembered from Friday Night Lights, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, created by Josh Schwartz, so pretty much know what you're in for. See, I enjoy Josh Schwartz. The, I haven't seen very much of the OC, but what I have seen from the the earlier years has been really enjoyable, light, kind of frothy, but fun. And I do get a kick out of Chuck, though I feel like perhaps it's gone on a couple seasons too long. But yeah, even the, you know, Josh Schwartz plus Rachel Bilson, who I think is incredibly likable and uh, really? charming TV presence. You don't like her? No. You don't think she's... Oh, wow. I think she's incredibly, uh, incredibly uh, fun. You know, like a, a good TV sort of presence. She, you know. Maybe I'm just... It's just overexposure. Like, I'm just tired of looking at her. I'm, it's not her fault. It's just... I'm, I'm just... And she always plays basically the same person. And I don't know. It's That's interesting because I haven't seen that much of her. So maybe that's what it is. I've only... You know, she had a... She did the OC, but I've only seen part of that. And then, of course, she had a stint on Chuck as well. But, I think um, it's because I watch bad independent films for sport, and she often... Oh, yeah, I haven't seen any of her She, she often pops up in those, uh, including a recent turkey called uh, Waiting for Forever, another good entrant into the uh, worst films ever made. Um, yeah, I, I guess I, I've, got, I've got nothing particular against her. It's just this, there's nothing about this that looks promising or interesting to me. It actively looks bad and she i like i said i enjoy her and i think scott porter is great i really like him jamie king has been good in previous things as well but man this is not does not look like a particularly interesting or good show so yeah and i and and i and i hope they don't try to make scott porter threatening because when they did it on the good wife it didn't work (laughs) um i'll check it out for the podcast but if you know if we weren't doing this show i would absolutely steer clear of this one yeah, it's it's another one of the trends. Uh, I, well, you know, I, I I might be misidentifying things here, but a lot of a lot of the uh, pilots this season seem to boil down to X think like this and Y think like this. What's going to happen? Mm-hmm. And you know, whether it's rich and poor people or southern people and northern people or men and women, you know, women, but <laughs> men and women are are a big one. Uh, we're going to get to that shortly. And it just gets tiresome. Speaking of things that get tiresome, the other uh, spawn of Mad Men is uh, on ABC. It premieres 10 p.m. on September 19th, and it's called The Playboy Club. It does have a decent cast headed up by Amber Heard, who is a personal hero. Yeah, essentially set in 1963 at the titular club. Uh, Amber Heard plays a, play- a, a Playboy bunny. What's interesting, uh, actually the only interesting thing about the show, and even that is probably just a 
just a phony network move is that it's the only network that our broadcast network drama that I've heard of that's ever had actors sign a nudity clause. Oh, interesting. Uh, so, but they've, they've sort of intimated that, that if they do anything with that, it's probably only going to be for DVD release or European viewing, uh, because, uh, you know, Americans can't handle sex. So <laughs> particularly in prime time. Exactly. Uh, as, as I, as I said, I, I love Amber Heard. I think she's great. I'm not really keen, all that keen to see her in like a woman in trouble role, which this appears to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just generally this looks like another sort of, this looks exactly as unpromising as Pan Am to me. Yeah. Um, unfortunately I'm right there with you. As far as I'm concerned, if you're looking for, you know, a, a 60s inspired or sort of period drama that isn't Mad Men, go check out BBC's The Hour because neither of these two are, are worth anybody's time. Yeah, I mean, unless, unless prove us wrong, NBC. Yeah. That would be delightful, but uh, yeah, nothing, uh, nothing suggests you're wrong. On October 10th, I don't have a time for it, but uh, Enlightened on HBO, that's when that premieres. It was created by Mike White, who's a, who's a talented man. It stars Laura Dern, who we haven't seen in a little while, or at least I haven't. She stars as an executive who attempts to rebuild her life following what's quoted as a very public breakdown. There's a promo for this floating around. It looks uh, it looks interesting. Uh, Mike White's done some interesting work. Uh, Laura Dern is great. We've also got uh, Luke Wilson and Diane Ladd in there. What I found interesting about the promo is that Mike White and uh, and Laura Dern kept focusing on the term rage and how we, we, we haven't had too many uh, d- depictions of genuine female rage mm. on television or in, in entertainment in general. And actually, I think they might be onto something. Uh, so, yeah, I'll, I'll watch that. Yeah, that's interesting. I enjoy the cast. I enjoy Mike White, so I'll probably check it out. It's not the most interesting premise to me, but, um, but you know, the, the pedigree of the people behind it, I think makes it something to, to check out if if people are fans of, of Mike White and his style. Mm-hmm, for sure. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's Mondays. I mean, there's a few things to check out. Nothing nothing that absolutely blows me away, but certainly Enlightened, I think, uh, has a very solid chance of being decent. Okay. So take us to Tuesday. What do we got? On Tuesdays, we have at 8 p.m. Eastern on ABC, we have Last Man Standing, which is premiering on October 11th. And the premise, oh, I enjoy your expression right now, Simon. Um, The the premise (laughs) is Tim Allen has three daughters and a newly uh, promoted at work wife. And he's the last man standing. But Uh. ching. Oh, I see uh-huh. what I did there. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, um, that's 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 the level this show is operating on. Yeah, I mean Tim Allen is likable. I think he's shown that he's good at anchoring a series, but n- n- no, just just no. He's good at anchoring a series. When? How long has it been since uh, since Home Improvement was over? Fifteen years. It's been quite a while, but there's something that is different that requires a different skill about television. These need to be people that you want to spend time with. Even if you don't like them, you have to want to spend time with them week in and week out. And I think that is something that he definitely has. I just don't have any interest in this show. I, you know, it, it's funny. I look at a, a pilot like this and I, and I think, who is this for? And there might just be enough 
awful 90s nostalgia to get this, uh, you know, to get this to a full season or even to make it hit. Uh, but it's just about the last thing I would ever want to see. And just the, the humor is so groan worthy. And again, like women are like this, men are like this. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's not it's not working for me. And and the, God, and they even throw in like an awful Toy Story reference just in the promo and people laugh for no reason. Oh, God, no, take take it away. Yeah. Take it away from me before I get angry. And now following that up and, you know, Right after that, at 8.30 on ABC is Man Up. I'm noticing a trend. <laughs> and the reason I say it like that is because there actually is an exclamation point after the up. So, Man Up, I guess. Yeah. Um, that premieres on October 18th. And the, the basic synopsis is that three metrosexual, I guess you could say, man children try to find their caveman roots. And, yeah, again, why? I mean, I've seen the, this cast be very entertaining in other things, but and I guess they need to work too, but man, the one-two punch of Last Man Standing and Man Up, I don't see how anybody's going to want to spend their their Tuesday evening with these characters. No, that's just a, that's just a soul-destroying hour of television. Yeah. And of course, we don't even know if Last Man Standing is even going to make it that far so we'll see well you know it, and maybe there's some you know maybe there's something in the zeitgeist that is speaking to this you know as a cause for this trend in men feeling emasculated or that they need to you know reclaim their power and maybe that's why we're seeing so many series along this along this line but yeah it's not it's not looking not looking good well you may or may not have noticed but men enjoy feeling like they are powerful and uh, I think this uh, these series sort of play into this bizarre feeling that men are now discriminated against. It's just this this awful trend of of you know people pe- people responding to a phenomena that isn't really happening and just playing to people's worst impulses. And it's just awfulness all around. Um, unfortunately, I wish I could say we're gonna change gears here and we are in some ways i suppose but um the next show up is new girl which is going to be on 9 p.m on fox uh, premiering in september 20th and though this is a very different series than the previous two i am just about as interested in this one as those (laughs) the premise is that zoe deschanel moves in with three guys three single guys and uh she's well pretty much every character that she's played in the recent years She's quirky, and she likes to sing to herself, and she's incredibly awkward until she puts on the little black dress, and then it is instantly hot. You know, one of those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I people who like, who love Zoe Deschanel may be charmed by this series. I know it's getting a big push from Fox, and a lot of fans of hers are really looking forward to it. Unfortunately, I'm not one of them. Yeah. Um, Zoe Deschanel is another one of those people that I have indie fatigue from, and there's nothing about this that looks promising. I mean, uh, I don't know. Like, the, 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 the whole stock character of the quirky girl who's attractive if you put enough makeup on her, mm-hmm. or, or if you don't, but we're not going to acknowledge yeah. that. We're going to pretend that she's <laughs> not incredibly hot. By putting her, yeah. her in glasses. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're going to pretend that somebody wouldn't instantly just accept all of her quirks just because she looks like Zoe Deschanel. Or, sorry, not just someone, many, many people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, no, there's nothing about this that intrigues me at all. Yeah. 
the the next one though is one of the series that I'm more interested in 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 the fall. Uh, it's on the CW. It's called Ringer, and it premieres on September 13th at 9 p.m. It's actually the first of the fall premieres, and the synopsis is that Sarah Michelle Gellar plays twins, um, hence Ringer dead ringers for each other. One of them, Bridget, is newly sober and she's on the run after witnessing a mob hit. And the other, um, I'm going to butcher this name, but... It, that's that's Siobhan. Siobhan? Yeah. Siobhan. Okay. Sorry, I apologize. <laughs> is a wealthy housewife whose fairy tale life is in fact hiding some darker secrets. And when Siobhan disappears, Bridget assumes her identity only of course, then she finds out that perhaps her sister has even bigger problems than she does. It sounds like a, a rather cliche premise, except that I think there's a lot of potential here. I, the cast is really strong across the board. I mean, anybody who listens to the show is going to quickly learn that I'm a big fan of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and I think Sarah Michelle Gellar is is rather excellent in that role over the years, or was rather excellent in that role over the years. But there's also, um, I think, a a full cast of of interesting characters, and there's a lot of potential for where this show could go. So it's definitely one I'm excited to check out, and and I'm I'm willing to give this one far more of a chance. You know, I'll I'll probably check it out. Even if I don't really like the pilot, I'll check it out for several weeks to see where it's going, because at least I think it's trying something different. Mm -hmm. Uh, The... Extended promo for this makes it appear extremely complicated, especially for the CW. I'm not sure if their entire viewership will follow. It, it could well be interesting. It seems to have a little bit more ambition and gumption than uh, quite a few of the other new dramas. It's extremely high concept, uh, but it's got a good cast. Uh, it appears to potentially feature good writing, which would be a godsend right now. And uh, yeah, I mean, it, I think it's definitely going to it could very well have an excellent pilot and then peter out due to bad ideas, or it could go the opposite way. So uh, we'll see. I think uh, definitely one of the more promising slash interesting series for sure. Um, the final Tuesday premiere or new show is the unfortunately titled Unforgettable, which is going to premiere on September 20th at 10 p.m. I, I mean, I, Simon, it's, it's not just me. We can already see what the titles are going to be for this show, you know, like, mm-hmm. If this doesn't immediately, uh, even if it does become a hit, either way, there's going to be lots of puns in, in articles about it. Anyway, sorry. the The premise is that it follows a former cop who has a perfect memory. Um, she has like a genetic uh, defect or you know or mutation that uh, allows her to have a perfect memory, except for the night that her sister was murdered. Of course, you're you're laughing. How convenient! How about that, eh? You know, at least the sister was murdered when they were young girls, so they're probably not going to play the "did she kill her sister" card. But though it's probably going to be pretty terrible, I like the cast. the uh, The premise, I think, is is it's not offensive, and for one of these. <laughs> It's not offensive. Yeah, and it's sad that that is actually my attempt at praise, but it it is. I, with the number of procedurals on on TV right now that actively offend me with their enjoyment of suffering and the way that they play into the audience's seeming desire to 
experience third party violence. Um, a, a non offensive premised uh, procedural is actually something that I appreciate. So I think it could be interesting, one of those things to catch in reruns. Um, but yeah, mostly I'm <laughs> mostly it has a terrible title. It, it does. Uh, this doesn't interest me even a little. I mean, uh, do we need another show about that's a procedural that's about someone who's damaged but brilliant in their own <laughs> special way? Like, oh, uh, really? Another one? Uh, I'm 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 done with those. Really, like, I mean, House ran itself ragged and is still doing so. Uh, of what I've seen of Lie to Me doesn't intrigue me at all. Yeah, but I'll still take, I'll still take this premise over Criminal Minds, or its spinoff, uh, which is kind of astonishing that 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 still exists. Um, Criminal Criminal Minds Knights. Yeah, I'll take this one over those any day of the week, though. Uh, we'll we'll see, we'll see. I mean, un- unless I hear it's amazing, it's not yeah. going to be something I'm checking out. Yeah. Um, so that brings the overall rather sad Tuesday uh, lineup to an end. And uh, please tell me things get better on Wednesday. Uh, there's a couple interesting things on Wednesday, but there's also Hater on the CW <laughs> at uh, at 8 p.m., uh, which is a reality series hosted by Mario Lopez. Uh, essentially, celebrities confront their biggest haters because, you know, if there's anyone that needs help in today's economy... It's celebrities. Yep. Uh, that about sums up my feelings on that. Well, it's the first... Is this the first reality show that CW has done? I'm not sure. I feel like it's... It, it may be. I'm not 100% on that. But it's still... It's, it's the only reality show... Non-competition reality show, I should say. That they have on their schedule right now. So it might be interesting to, to see um, how it does. How it fares if it catches viewers and then maybe that will spark a trend in their programming decisions god i hope not but i mean i'm not going to watch this show i do we who decided that this is something that we need to see i mean i don't know but people will watch it though that's the thing you know people will watch this show again it's just playing into people's worst worst impulses um and uh, I just want to add that Mario Lopez has killed women in seven states. Moving on, <laughs> Fox, 8 p.m., speaking of reality, 90 minutes long. It's The X Factor, premieres on September 21st. It's created by Simon Cowell. It's the U.S. version of his extremely, ridiculously popular uh, U.K. singing contest. The difference, as far as I can tell, between this and American Idol is there's no upper age limit and there's some sort of mentoring system wherein judges help with song choices and... Uh, other decisions so it's i guess it's a slightly more involved version of of american idol is what i can see i don't think i've watched american idol since the first two seasons i don't know what it's like now i'm not sure i want to know we're we're planning a segment which i believe we're calling what america's watching uh wherein we're going to take a look at the uh, at one of the top 10 most watched series currently I get the feeling that when we do that show is going to be the only time that I end up watching this. I have a lot of problems with the music competition uh, landscape in America. And <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 I think it's a little sad that there is enough of a presence of reality competition vocal or music program, programming out there that there can be a landscape 
but I enjoyed the voice when it aired this year, and the thing that I enjoyed about it was that they didn't have any people on, for the most part, who were there to be made fun of. They didn't have, you know, there, there were some people that I thought were pretty terrible, but clearly the judges thought that they weren't, so they skipped that whole mean-spirited element of the show, and that, that has been driving American Idol, I think, for at least the first half of their season for the past several years. And I, I expect more of that from from the X Factor as well. More, you know, let's all make fun of the guy who doesn't realize or is deluding himself enough to not realize that he doesn't belong up there and will now become a national joke. And so I don't have any time for series that take such pleasure in causing misery to others. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, the, uh, Simon Cowell does something for me. And he has produced and released so much crap on his own that I don't understand why he's criticizing other people. Moving on, also at 8 p.m. on September 21st, premiering is Up All Night, uh, created by Emily Spivey. There is some, uh, there's a lot of SNL involvement. Uh, it stars Will Arnett, uh, Christina Applegate, and Maya Rudolph. Essentially, uh, Arnett and Applegate play uh, parents professionals who are also new parents dealing with trying to balance work and life and that's pretty much it uh this might be the only comedy promo that i actually laughed at and uh, admittedly i am a sucker for swearing at children which it features a lot of a lot of censored swearing directed at a baby so i might be biased but this actually looks promising and it appears to be shot in a, in a very similar style to 30 rock which makes sense because there's lauren michael involvement uh michael's involvement no laugh track which is always great although it's going to be weird to see will arnett playing uh, a loving parent uh, that's not something that i associate him with especially after uh, his his great turn in um uh oh god what's it called it's 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 left me the uh, the David Cross series. The increasingly poor decisions of Todd Margaret. Thank you. I can never remember its name. Uh, where he plays and where he's magnificent as a bastard. Uh, it's going to be odd to see him as sort of a relatively normal guy, but I'm sure he can pull it off. He's talented. And hey, it'll be great to see him and his wife ruling NBC. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to this one. Uh, the, unfortunately, the 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 clips that they released aren't as promising as the talent behind this. You know, they don't live up to the expectation I would have of these people. Um, but I don't know, you know, it would be pretty difficult to live up to the expectations in my head for, you know, Will Arnett, Christina Applegate, and, and Maya Rudolph. And that's just the on-screen talent here. But I, I'm really looking forward to it for a couple reasons, specifically which are I'm... I'm really looking forward to seeing Will Arnett play a character other than some variety on Job from from Arrested Development. So it looks like this character is not the same guy we've seen him play so many times before, and I appreciate that. And then the other reason is that I've been looking forward to seeing Maya Rudolph get to actually do something for quite a while. I feel like she's one of the women on SNL who was absolutely fantastic and has yet to to break through with with later success. I would say her and, and Rachel Dratch are the last two of that who all came up at the same time on SNL, who I've been waiting to find the right vehicle. So, um, and then of course, Christina Applegate, I think is, 
because again to go back to the Tim Allen thing is a, an incredibly likable TV presence I think she's smart and I think she has excellent timing so I think the the premise is strong and the possible you know the potential there is going to be enough to get me to watch several weeks to Mm-hmm. And hopefully, you know, it'll it'll hit. The honestly, the only thing that I'm concerned about is after the success of Bridesmaids, NBC scrambled and they're like, oh, we need more Maya Rudolph now, so they've been retooling it. Uh, so hopefully, that isn't to the show's uh, uh, de- detraction in any way. Uh, so yes, promising. Wow, how how refreshing. Uh, so uh, <laughs> and hey, since we we've been positive for like a good three minutes, so let's go over to ABC, uh, where at eight thirty. Oh, God. Do I have to? Uh, it's called Suburgatory. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> it premieres uh, September 28th, essentially. Girl moves to the suburbs, stereotypes ensue. Now, what really upsets me about this, this might be the most primally upsetting of, of, of the new uh, comedy pilots, not just because it's insanely unfunny and just traffics and awful stereotypes and just and and just mm-hmm. everything about it looks awful but it's also a waste of some very talented people's time mm-hmm. you got Jeremy Sisto, Alan Tudyk, Chris Parnell what are yeah. they doing in there yeah. i mean i Alan Tudyk is one of those guys that i would have said a week ago i will watch anything that that guy does cuz he's always great apparently not and then you saw you know, this appara- i mean who knows? Maybe they'll decide to kill off the annoying main character and make it the Jeremy Sisto and Alan Tudyk show, and I would watch that. But, but yeah. Yes. That would be a great twist for the pilot. I moved to the suburbs and got murdered. <laughs> and then my parents got a more interesting show. Uh, yeah. No, 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 no. At 8.30, also on NBC, uh, Free Agents premiering a week before uh, Up All Night on September 14th, so it's one of the earlier premieres. This one stars Hank Azaria and Katherine Hahn. They are dysfunctional co-workers slash occasional lovers. Anthony Stewart Head is in there somewhere. A lot of talented people involved, and yet this feels like a holdover from 10 years ago uh, that nobody liked, and yet here it is. Uh, I didn't find the promo at all funny. I love Hank Azaria. I think he's great, and if you need evidence for him as a great live-action actor, go pick up Shattered Glass sometime. He's capable of great work. This just doesn't intrigue me at all. Yeah, I even liked him in America's Sweethearts, and that tells you how much I'm willing to. That's tell, that tells you how much I'm willing to to give Hank Azaria. You know how, what the kind of things I'm willing to watch because he's in it. But you know, even Hank Azaria, and I mean, I've, I've enjoyed Catherine Hahn in in previous roles as well, and of course. You know, we have Anthony Stewart head, Giles from Buffy, but none of that is going to get me to watch this show because it just looks bad. It, it seems to be more than any other, tra- even more than the men need to be real men trend that we have this season is the, oh, I'm sorry, can't you get a better agent trend of great casts in really unfortunate uh, series? Mm-hmm. Well, and there's also the other cultural trend that it marks, which is the whole Oh, we had sex. Now things are complicated. Can we be friends? We don't know. Uh, you know, <laughs> uh, can we stop it with this? this yeah. Is, uh, uh, which I'm sure we're going to see uh, more of later. It, it's funny because uh, NBC seems to inch closer and closer to having like a really good all the way through solid comedy lineup. I mean, Up All Night could very much be uh, be a part of that. And then Free Agents. Like it's it, it's it's the outsource that they've been looking for, I guess. They, they need another one of those. Uh, speaking of 
awful things that are supposed to be funny at uh, 9.30 Fox. I hate my teenage daughter premieres. Not actually, this doesn't premiere until November 23rd, mercifully. And it uh, was created by Sherry Bilsing and Ellen Creamer, whose names are funnier than this show. And it stars Jamie Presley and Katie Fitterman. Uh, this looks, this looks painful. That's all. I, th- I think that's all I have to say about it. it. Just looks painful. And here's where I in- incur bizarre wrath. I'm actually kind of looking forward to this show. What? Yeah. This wait for it. Pause for reaction. Um, but the reason that I'm kind of looking forward to the show is that first of all, I really enjoy Katie fin- Katie Finneran. I've liked her since Wonderfalls, and I thought she was good. The brief you know, scenes that she had on Drive, which was a short-lived series by Tim Minear. But I enjoyed the the basic premise of two single mothers who hate their daughters, whose daughters are just bitches. And, and you know, I, I enjoy that premise. Now, if they're able to do anything with it is a question that I don't have an answer to. It's very possible that this show will be terrible. But... I, I enjoy uh, Jamie Presley. I enjoy Katie Finneran, and I think there's, you know, I think there's something that could work for me in this, in this premise. Whether that will work enough to get me to watch two episodes, eh, we'll see. We'll we'll check back in in November. But bizarrely, this one sort of <laughs> your your faith astounds me. <laughs> and hey, here's something that someone we know is excited about. 10 p.m. on ABC, uh, premiering September 21st. Oh, good. It's the day before my birthday. Uh, Revenge, created by Mike Kelly with Emily Van Camp and Madeline Stowe, who I'm very happy is uh, eating again. And it's apparently it's a drama vaguely modeled on The Count of Monte Cristo, except with rich people in the present. This looks confounding to me. Utterly confounding. And not just the fact that it's not just the premise, but that they, it's actually called revenge. Like they, they, <laughs> they just went straight to, they went straight to revenge. Mm-hmm. Like, really? Where do you go from there? That's the thing. Like if for a series, for a, a, a show that they are hoping will run for years, you can't just have your main character and on an angry tirade and, you know, streak of revenge for years. It doesn't, it doesn't work. So you know, there, you have to develop your character more than that, or you will probably get canceled, mm-hmm. unless maybe you're on CBS or something. But yeah, there's, um, there's a reason the Count of Monte Cristo gets adapted into films. It's because yeah. they're two hours long. Yeah. So just I mean, like you said, just call it revenge. Is it seems rather incredibly short-sighted. I mean, and I enjoy Emily Van Camp, but still, I mean. He, no. I, like I said, Madeline Stowe, I'm so happy you're working again. That's great, and you, you, you've you held up nicely, but uh, I hope this is a stepping stone to something more exciting for you. Though, of course, we should mention, you know, Sound On Sight's Josh Youngerman is very excited for the. I believe he texts me every time he sees an ad for it, so uh, we're supposed to have him on to talk about it at some point. We'll, we'll see what happens with that. Yeah, maybe that'll happen. Maybe. <laughs> but then we then we'd have to watch it though, I think. So. Yeah, I think that's the main issue. Speaking of things that we actually will be watching uh, at least 
for a start. 10 p.m. on FX, uh, the first, actually, I think the only FX show we're, we're talking Is it the only FX show we're talking about? Is it their only new series this fall? Um, I believe, I think it's their only new series. Um, it's called American Horror Story. It premieres uh, October 5th, created by Ryan Murphy and Brad Felchuk, who are, of course, responsible for Nip Tuck and Glee. So, of course, it's natural that they would create a horror series. Stars Dylan McDermott, Connie Britton, Jessica Lang, Francis Conroy, and uh, Tysa Farmiga, sister of uh, Vera. So, uh, yeah, this looks like a mess, but it looks like a potentially interesting mess. Uh, I mean, the thing with this is it's a great cast, but it also has the curse of Ryan Murphy. So, I mean, it's I, I predict something that is going to be entertaining but have absolutely no narrative integrity whatsoever. Yeah, the I've enjoyed each of Ryan Murphy's series at their start. Popular didn't really go long, run long enough to to run into the same issues that Nip Tuck and and Glee have. But I think he's good at ideas. I think he's good at at coming up with premises. So, and of course, I'm I. I I love Connie Britton um, from her work on Friday Night Lights. So uh, I'm definitely, I, I think he, Ryan Murphy does a good job of having an idea and running with it. So where that ends, you know, where that run takes us to is, you know, maybe more questionable, but I think it'll be an interesting one to, to watch. Definitely, you know, if nothing else, you can watch a train wreck. Yeah. I think it's going to be entertaining to see what happens with it. It, it's and it's funny because the react like no one can even agree on whether the pilot was any good from people who've seen it. So that should be exciting. And I'm yeah. I'm also curious to see FX branch out into more genre stuff, which they don't currently have too much of. Now, one that I don't have, uh, I'm not sure what time of night it's airing, but uh, premiering on BBC America on Wednesdays this October, I believe, is going to be a Whitechapel. And it's already run for two seasons on ITV in uh, Britain. They've already commissioned a third. That's how popular it is. It's a, a modern take on the Jack the Ripper in, uh, murders and investigation. Huge deal in Britain, so it's no surprise that it's coming here now. Couldn't find a trailer for this, interestingly enough, but I'm hoping to catch some of the first season before it airs. Uh, it looks intriguing. Yeah, the premiere date I have for this is November 2nd at uh, 10 p.m. Oh, Eastern. And this is part of something BBC America is doing right now called Dramaville, where they have different series running. So for right now it's it's The Hour, which is running for six weeks. And then it's going to be, I believe it's Luther and then Whitechapel. And then, so they're kind of giving us sort of a best of British programming. So I'm, I'm excited to check it out because I've heard, I've heard good things about Whitechapel. And it's nice to be able to watch some of these great British series and something other than, you know, PBS, I, should I happen to catch it that week or, you know, the internet. So I think it's, I think it's promising and interesting to have that opportunity. Have you watched Luther? Cause I, 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 I caught an episode by accident and it struck me as very silly. No, I have not caught that, uh, caught up on that one yet. I know that it seems to be somewhat of a critical darling, but not universally so. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Idris Elba is great, as we were all, we are humans, so we enjoy The Wire. But uh, yeah, we'll see. Anyway, yeah, Whitechapel, interesting potentially, and that uh, that sums up Wednesday. So, up all night, sure, American Horror Story and Whitechapel. We'll see. Other ones, not so much. And that takes us to Thursday, which 
Yeah, I think Thursday is pretty much going to be a night of stick with the shows that you've already been watching. Thursday has been logjammed for years with pretty solid shows, and unfortunately, I don't think any of these new series are going to lure me away from the the shows I've already been watching. Uh, First, we have premiering on September 22nd at 8 p.m. Eastern on ABC is Charlie's Angels. The synopsis is, it's Charlie's Angels. Yeah. (laughs) So three women are sent on missions... (laughs) by the elusive Charlie and hijinks ensue, often involving some sort of bathing suits or, you know, having to to dress up and pretend that they're fashion models to infiltrate, you know, etc. I wasn't interested in this as the original series. I wasn't interested in this as the movies, and I'm certainly not interested in it now, even with Rachel Taylor and Mika Kelly, who I've enjoyed in previous films and television series, that is, but no. Yeah, it's funny. Everything is happening in pairs, and we almost got two awful genre series starring Friday Night Lights alums, uh, alumni. Thankfully, we were spared Wonder Woman. <laughs> but we still get Charlie's Angels, and no. Just no. Yeah. Moving on from that quickly, we have on CBS How to Be a Gentleman, premiering on September 29th at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. The synopsis of this is a wimpy guy gets a makeover from someone who he went to high school with who used to beat him up and together with his brother-in-law they're going to have to wait wait for it the trend of the season man up this is a series that as well as dealing with again the men regaining their power trend also has a bit of things to say about youth versus age as far as power in the workplace this has a fantastic cast with Dave Foley and Marilyn Rice Cub and uh, unfortunately his name escapes me at the, the moment the actor who we know is Ricky Cricket from Always Sunny in Philadelphia mm-hmm. is, is the lead he was also one of the writers on Always Sunny but yeah so this is wow I did not recognize him yeah it's it's a fantastic cast with terrible material I'll probably check in with it just because it's great to see Marilyn Rice Cub actually get some comedy even if it's not the best material ever. And I always love Dave Foley. So maybe they'll come up with something or maybe the PTB will actually let these actors, you know, do some improv or something to try to improve what it appears the show is. But yeah, I mean, to be fair, it does look better than the other two man up shows. Um, it's, I mean, it's not exactly stiff competition, but give it what you can. Like you said, great cast. The promos are not very promising, uh, but hopefully it'll be something that evolves into something decent. I mean, it's it's hard to tell when you've got enough talent. Sometimes they, they can make something work. I, I saw the first couple episodes of Happy Endings, which I thought were awful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I, I heard that it got it, it got much better. But I, I, I didn't see them. But sometimes these things happen. Mm-hmm. We'll have to keep our fingers crossed for that one. Another series we have on Thursdays is person of interest which is on premiering on september 22nd at 9 p.m eastern on cbs and this is another you know strong cast questionable material uh, situation michael emerson plays a billionaire with a computer program that spits out the social security number of people who will soon be involved in a crime either the perpetrators or the victims and he recruits jim caviezel to stop the crimes because he's a former agent 
who is believed to be dead, so he is in a unique position to, you know, infiltrate and try to stop crimes before they can happen. And I believe this is the one that it comes partially from Jonathan Nolan, if I'm correct. I think so. Yeah. While I absolutely love Michael Emerson, I thought his portrayal as Ben Linus on Lost was a phenomenal week to week, every, you know, through the entire run. And I enjoyed Jim Caviezel in uh, Frequency. I have no interest in this series. I mean, mm-hmm. and I think more than anything, the trouble that I have with it is the pseudoscience of this, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm seemingly unwilling to just, you know, uh, give them the benefit of the doubt about, okay, there's a magic computer that can tell us, you know, it's minority report time. It tells us about a crime before it happens. And then we, you know, I'm not willing to give it that. That premise, I have a feeling it's just going to drive me nuts. And nothing that is in the, this promo material leads me to have any sort of a different opinion about that. So, I mean, maybe it could get interesting if they start doing more serialized stuff and really giving Michael Emerson and Jim Caviezel stuff to, to, to play with. But for now, I'm not, I'm not jumping on board. Uh, yeah, this was actually created by Jonathan Nolan. And, uh, yeah, I mean, this is basically a minority report with a less intelligent computer because this one only tells you that someone is either a victim of a crime or the perpetrator or yeah, it's, it's not all that useful. Honestly, uh, the, the, the promo didn't treat me that much. I did notice that the bully from Louie, uh, makes an appearance as a bully. So I'm glad to see he's branching out. Um, <laughs> I mean, I got nothing against, uh, Emerson or Caviezel or a Taraji P Henson is in there as well. And she's great, mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah, I mean, this looks very self-serious, very portentous, but, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's another one of those things. I'm going to wait to hear what the buzz is. Uh, and, I mean, obviously Nolan's done some interesting work. Uh, I agree that the central uh, concept is not all that interesting, although I'm wondering why a Lost fan has trouble with pseudoscience. Exactly, right? If this, you know, I'm willing to give them all of the stuff in Lost because I care about the characters. and I <laughs> don't see anything about these characters that interests me. But, you know, maybe I'll check out the pilot. Um, I plan to try to watch each of these pilots, actually, as they air. So I'll try to catch it, and maybe they'll surprise me. You're going to watch all of them? Let me know how Suburgatory is. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm taking the <laughs> bullet. I'm taking the bullet for the Televerse team. Unless oh, you would man. like to. I don't foresee nope, I, that nope. now. <laughs> nope. Um, moving on, the next series is The Secret Circle, which is going to premiere on September 15th at 9 p.m. Eastern on The CW. It's about a recent orphan who moves in with her grandmother and discovers that everybody in in the town is descended from powerful witches because she her mother had moved away from home when they when she was young. So she the you know she had, didn't know all of this history about her family so the question that comes into play is is there uh something you know, do they just get to have magic or is there something darker at play and was her mother's death really an accident or you know was something luring her back to you know this uh dark town this looks like the absolute worst of the stereotypes that we've come to associate with the CW. The CW and WB before it have have made some really great series that from all appearances should be terrible based on premise, based on 
just seeing clips out of context, but I don't really feel like this is one of them from what we're seeing here. So I, I think this one is uh, less Buffy and more, you know, 90210 high school mm -hmm. drama. Well, I'm, I'm just I'm just surprised they didn't just uh, capitulate and call this The Witch Diaries. Uh, because, I mean, it's from the same, it's developed from the same author. It's very, very much aimed at the same demographic. I think it's actually airing right after uh, mm. The Vampire Diaries also, which I've never watched The Vampire Diaries. It's got Defenders, serious Defenders. I've heard a lot of really great stuff about it, actually, um, that it you know, takes a while to get going, but then once it does, it's a hell of a lot of fun. And I, I will say I am far more interested in The Vampire Diaries than I am in The Secret Circle. So I, I, Vampire Diaries is one that I have been meaning to catch up with for a while, but nothing I'm seeing. I mean, maybe, so maybe Buzz will come out about Secret Circle that will mm -hmm. surprise me, but this does not look any, mm -hmm. like anything interesting. And it was also developed by uh, Kevin Williamson, who I think hasn't done anything non-Scream related in quite a while. That could be a good or a bad thing. I haven't decided yet. Uh, also, also, Natasha Hensridge is in it as a principal, so go figure You'd think that they that they would have her in any of the promotional materials, but they seem very focused, at least on on the CW website, of the high school drama side of things. So maybe that's just marketing Surprise. towards the demographic. <laughs> yeah, don't know why I'm really <laughs> expecting more than that from them, but uh, but yeah. So then the next series is Whitney, premiering on September 22nd at 9:30 Eastern on NBC. And this is basically just a sitcom based around Whitney Cummings, who is a stand-up comedian. And she also, as we mentioned earlier, is one of the creators of Two Broke Girls. So for this one, if you like Whitney Cummings, you'll probably like it. I am not interested in her particular brand of humor. Or, you know, a pretty girl saying dirty things it doesn't interest me. So Yeah, Whitney Cummings I don't find funny at all. And I think that's the root of my problem. She's been on, whenever I see her on like Comedy Central roasts or anything like that, she just strikes me as shouty and uh, shrill and annoying. Uh, I, I know you're not supposed to use the word shrill, but it's, that's, that's how I feel. She, I mean, I, I get that she's supposed to be this like sort of new voice in comedy, but to me, she's always just struck me as poor man, Sarah Silverman and Sarah Silverman is hit or miss for me already. So this isn't doing much for me. The other series she's involved in, you know, as we saw, it doesn't look particularly great either. I don't know. I mean, she just doesn't do it for me. I I, I don't find her funny or likable on any level. So I do have a feeling, though, that fans of hers should like this series. Well, she's all over it, so I should hope so. She has a lot of control over the series, as I understand it. And so if you like her, you'll probably like it. If you don't, you probably won't. And neither of us really yeah, like her. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, it's, it, it's called Whitney yeah. for a reason, I guess. Um, the final series we have here on Thursdays is Prime Suspect, premiering on September 22nd at 10 p.m. Eastern on NBC. And this is a remake of the Seminole Hill Mirren BBC drama following a tough-as-nails female cop and... You know, watching her run down particular cases and deal with a, shall we say, hostile work environment and usually some, at least in the original drama, some 
poor life choices, shall we say. <laughs> um, so this this one is starring Maria Bello in the Helen Mirren role, and I I enjoy her usually. I I, I think she's a reliable and, and solid actress, and this is also, I believe, produced by Peter Berg, who previously gave us Friday Night Lights. So, you know, there's some things in the plus column, in the negative column. I'm just sort of antsy about anybody touching the original series. I don't understand why you take a good series and remake it. I feel like you should take a flawed series and remake it. But, you know, other than the, I, I think, frankly ridiculous level of sexism we see her dealing with in the promos, particularly for this day and age, I think this could be this could be a pretty solid entry. Yeah, the, the sexism in the promo reminded me a little bit of the 60s episode of Children's Hospital. Mm-hmm. Where it, she just showed up. Oh, look! It's Detective Vagina. Like <laughs> that's that's the level of that's like it's almost cartoonish. Um, yeah, or reminded me of the American remake of Life of Mars. The level of sexism that that cop was dealing with. Um, I mean, I Maria Bello's great. I mean, she was one half of one of the best I think movie sex scenes ever in history of violence. So that's something to be proud of. I mean, if you have to cast someone who's like a tough-as-nails cop who makes poor life choices, I think Maria Bello is a great choice. <laughs> I've actually never seen the original series, which I know I should. It's it's all I've got it all at work. I, I should watch it sometime. I hear it's great. Helen Mirren's amazing. I mean, so, you know, I, I, I'm not sure how closely they're going to derive one from the other. I mean, watching it, did you feel like it strongly recalled the original? I mean, the promo, I mean. Did it feel like it strongly recalled the original series? or? Well, I don't think it... It really can in that you know the, it's just such a British show, so there's there's a different sensibility from the American to the to the British you know even just in the way that they make this series and the number of episodes you know so I don't know how similar it will be but I think it actually would be a foolish choice to try to stay too close to the original just because you know it's so well respected and I don't. I don't know how, you know, like The Office, for example, did much better when it became its own entity using the same premise as the British series, but spinning it off to the strengths of that particular cast and writing crew. So hopefully they'll do the same thing here. Yeah, we can only hope. So that that rounds out uh, Thursdays. Pretty much, I would say, stick with, you know, 30 Rock, Parks and Rec, Big Bang Theory, if that's your cup of tea. If that floats your boat. Yeah. There's only two new shows on Friday, thankfully. Uh, neither one particularly intrigues me. First one is on CBS at 8. It's called A Gifted Man. It premieres uh, September 23rd, created by a woman named Susanna Grant. It stars Patrick Wilson, Jennifer Ela, Julie Benz, Pablo Schreiber, Margot Martindale, Rachel Lefebvre. It's got a huge cast. Anyway, Patrick Wilson stars as a formerly materialistic and self-centered doctor <laughs> who starts to get followed around by his dead wife. And then, of course, becomes less, uh, less of his awful qualities. Such a stacked cast on this thing. I didn't even realize until uh, I, d- I delved a bit further. And like midway through that, I was like, is that Pablo Schreiber? Really? He's in this? Julie Benz? Margo, and, and Margot Martindale, who's coming off. I, I, don't, I don't think you've seen Justified Season 2 yet. Not yet. But sh- she's coming off an incredible run on Justified. She could do, well, she, I guess she didn't know it at the time, but now she could get some serious great work, and now she's doing this. Okay, and she's literally a sidekick. She's playing an assistant. It's like, oh, <laughs> really? Yeah. And, the, and it's, a, it's just another, like, 
I don't know. I, I hate the whole ghost device. It's very hard to do well. Mm-hmm. And this just looks like a waste of everyone's time. I love Patrick Wilson. He's great in Hard Candy and uh, Little Children and all sorts. And even in Watchmen, he's done some great work. Um, and lately he just seems to be in crap left and right TV film. I feel bad for the guy. Yeah, the cast did strike me as well. And I was, you know, looking into this show, watching the trailer and then, wait, wait, was that, was that Julie Benz? And, oh my God, it's Lizzie Bennett, though, probably, Jennifer. Ellie would rather not be only remembered for that. But yeah, it's a, it's really, I think, a waste to have this deep of a cast on what looks for all intents and purposes to be a really by the numbers, straightforward, you know, procedural. Mm -hmm. And although the promo is good for a few spooky Jennifer Ela looking exactly like Meryl Streep moments, (laughs) she's really good at that. Yeah, uh, that's that's probably what the show will be good for as well. Actually, I think the last new show that, that at least has an air date that I know of uh, that we're going to be talking about is Grimm at 9 p.m. on NBC, October 21st, created by uh, David Greenwalt, who's got quite a bit of history with Buffy and Angel and Jim Colt, starring Russell Hornsby and David Giantoli. It's the other fairy tale show. It's actually a cop show that's infused with fairy tale elements. I think my main issue with this is it seems to take itself incredibly seriously, which seems like the wrong thing to do, especially for someone who had a history of working on Buffy should know better. Yeah, we'll have to see what tone it ends up striking. But yeah, it does seem very interested in its own uh, seriousness. I think we'd agree with that. And just the, the fact that the detective is apparently like actually a descendant of the Grimm brothers who are actually supernatural crime fighters come on yeah you're really gonna you're really gonna do that really yeah uh, it's not the most creative choice i would i would definitely have to agree with that oh and of course he you know the what is it his his mother or his aunt is on uh, on her deathbed and that's and that's why he finds out you know what his secret family past <laughs> the ever popular deathbed revelation and she, she she has really good elocution for someone who's like very close to death <laughs> yeah so hopefully again as ever it's when we're being so negative about you know these these shows it's important to remind listeners that we are always hoping that a show will be good we always want it to be we always want you know approach it hoping to be you know pleasantly surprised and but man this is not looking like a great you know at least as far as new series goes not looking like a great fall season is, is there nothing on Saturday? There's one on Saturday. That is Bedlam, which is on BBC America and is premiering on October 8th at 9 p.m. Eastern. It follows the story of a newly renovated uh, apartment building called Bedlam Heights, which used to be an insane asylum. Spoiler alert, what do you think is going to happen? The spirits of those wronged at the asylum aren't very happy about this, about people moving in and all the renovations. And so they lash out. This looks pretty run-of-the-mill, and it doesn't look like anything particularly interesting to me. So I, and it's a bit of a disappointment, because I honestly I expect better from BBC America. But spooky ghost story kind of stuff, basically. Bedlam Heights, that's the worst naming fiasco since... Uh, have you seen uh, Danny Boyle's Sunshine? Yeah. Not only do they, do they send a spaceship over to the sun and call it Icarus... And then are shocked when things go wrong. They called the next one Icarus 2. So 
Yeah, I don't know what it is with with people naming things in, in in genre fair and then being surprised when they go horribly awry. Yeah, yeah. So there's always the threat of mid season replacements because, as we know, some of these shows are going to crash and burn, hopefully horribly, uh, as they deserve. And hopefully quickly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In the in the cases of some of them, it's rare that a show gets canceled very very quickly that doesn't in some way deserve it. And some of these shows are, are very deserving. But there's a couple of mid-season replacements that look interesting. Yeah, more than anything else, that's why I'm, you know, kind of expecting and sort of hoping a few of these shows, if they don't surprise and end up being better than they are appear at this moment, that's kind of why I'm hoping some of these go quickly, because there are actually are several series that I'm interested in that are coming, that are, that are being held for mid-season. Um, which are the ones that stuck out to you? Uh, well, the main one is, uh, I would say, Awake on NBC, which is a new drama from the from Kyle Killen, who uh, also created Lone Star, which I don't know if you saw all two episodes. <laughs> two episodes. Uh, that 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 got to air, but I thought that was a, that was a really promising show that mm-hmm. uh, never really it didn't really get a chance to flourish. Kyle Killen seems to have a thing for split personalities. Uh, he also wrote The Beaver. Uh, and here it's you've got a guy who essentially gets in a car crash and wakes up split into two realities. In one of them, his wife dies in the accident and in the other one, his son dies. It's uh, it's an intriguing setup. And it seems to be here's a, now here's a, a series that takes itself seriously that actually should. Well, and it stars Jason Isaacs as the lead character. And it's great to see him doing something other than Harry Potter and Brotherhood. I unfortunately haven't had a chance to catch up with Brotherhood yet. But yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I think it looks, I think it's very promising. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see what happens with it. And uh, we've also got uh, Laura Allen, who, if I'm not mistaken, yes, she was mm-hmm. from Terriers, who's great. So uh, although, of course, in half the show, she'll be dead. So that's that's a tough break for her. Anyway, uh, yeah, that looks uh, potentially interesting. Alcatraz could be good. There's some mm-hmm. JJ involvement. I haven't seen much of it, but, uh, and actually I, I was, I, I, I never really followed Lost too much, so I'm not really the target audience, but it's got an interesting cast, potentially interesting premise. I don't know. What do you think? You're a, you're a Lost fan. I'm a, I'm a Losty. Yeah. Yeah. I think Alcatraz is as well. One of the more interesting uh, mid-season replacements that we have waiting in the wings. I, of course, I enjoy Jorge Garcia, so I'm hoping that it, it comes out and is as good as it looks like it might be, just so that I get to spend more time with him on my TV every week, as, as well as I enjoy Sam Neill, who's the, the lead. And I think it has an interesting premise that will allow for the procedural element and then a more serialized element as well, so if they can strike the right balance there, I think they could have a, a pretty successful show. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and hey, Robert Forster is in there, and I'm always happy when he gets work. Mm-hmm. One show that I'm very confused as to how it's going to go on very long at all is Smash on NBC, which I'm sure I'm, – I'm, I'm, I'm betting that when it does come around, it's going to get a huge push because it's essentially their glee, only it's, it's a drama, uh, starring Catherine McPhee as uh, one of two actresses on Broadway vying for a uh, spot in a th- in a hypothetical uh, Marilyn Monroe musical. And uh, yeah, I mean, how do you go on long enough to do more than decide which actress gets the part? It seems very time limited to me, but I mean, good production values and uh, really interesting cast. Uh, Angelica Houston's in there. 
I don't know if I'm going to be able to tolerate musical drama on a weekly basis. I, I had a hard enough time with that aspect of Glee, especially because of all the auto-tune, which I'm sure you picked up on. And so hopefully, hopefully I didn't hear any of that in the promos, so hopefully they're not going to do that here. Oh, they're going to do that here. I'm are they? certain. Oh, yes, they are. Because singing is hard. And the American populace doesn't seem to understand that. And they'd rather hear something that sounds perfect, air quotes, than something that sounds real most of the time. So, mm-hmm. And TV production schedules are tight. They don't have time for people. They don't have the time, yeah. yeah. When you hear, especially with you know these kinds of shows that have you know such a they draw so much from the Broadway repertoire. When you hear a Broadway cast recording, the, the entire cast knows that show back and front. They have been performing it together for quite a long time before they get to the, usually before they get to the point where they're recording the, the CD. And they've spent more than, you know, what is it, a eight or ten day turnaround for a, an hour long episode of, of TV. Mm-hmm. To have the expectations of the same level of performance in you know, something like a like a Broadway show or you know a studio album, as with these kinds of shows, I think is foolish, and so that's I think that's why they end up using so much auto tune or to cover up the fact that people they hire as actors aren't good enough singers really to compete with the actual singers they have on the shows. Mm-hmm. So yes, I'm sure that they will be using auto tune. I would be shocked if they didn't. But yeah, so Smash, I, I think it would be surprising if they hadn't come up with some mm-hmm. sort of basic plan for how they're going to continue the series. But yeah, it doesn't seem particularly thrilling to me. I'm still far more interested in Glee than I am in Smash. So Still, you, do you have high hopes for the future of Glee? I'm actually very interested to see what happens in Glee this year because unlike the previous two seasons, they've hired a writer's room. Instead of just having the three showrunners and creators each write all the episodes, so they're and they're bringing on some some excellent, I would say, uh, talent as well. Um, the standout for me is, of course, Marty Noxon, who people might remember uh, recently wrote *Fright Night*, as well as you know she has a long history in in television and of writing for some really great shows. And then also the announcements recently, um, as confusing as many of them have been about the fact that they're going to actually have the characters who are seniors graduate and leave the show at the end of the year, I think is really promising. So we'll see what happens, but I'm, you know, it might not work, but Glee at its best, I think is phenomenal television. But the problem is that, that those phenomenal moments are usually surrounded by really frustrating missteps. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's the Ryan Murphy experience. I know he's only one of three showrunners, but still, that sort of encapsulates his thing. Yeah, hopefully they can even that out a bit, and the, the hopefully the new injection of new blood in the writer's room will really help. So, yes, I, to answer a short question in a rather long and roundabout way, yes, I'm interested in Glee this year. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I, I didn't make it to the end of season two, so... Yeah, I can't, I can't blame you for that. <laughs> I, I might have dimmer hopes. Is anything else in the... Uh, in the uh, mid-season replacement realm that intrigues you? Well, one of the shows that I'm interested to hear more about and will, I'm sure, check out when it comes out is Luck on HBO. This is the the drama, I believe, set by from David Milch, set in the world of, of gambling and starring Dustin Hoffman. And so you tell me 
David Milch, Dustin Hoffman, and HBO, and I'm there. Mm -hmm. And then you tell me the premise, and I'm there even more. So, you know, after after Deadwood, I will check out anything, really, that David Milch does. So I'm very interested to see what happens with that. Do we know if that's even airing this year, or is that, like, early next year? That might be early next year. I'm not sure. I just have it on my list of things coming out at some point in the next 12 months, I believe. Mm-hmm. So. This, uh, frankly, I think looks amazing. Milch is, is is a genius. If you listen to him talk, that's obvious. That doesn't always mean that he's... I'm not saying that he's always going to make perfect television, but he, yeah, it's premiering January 2012, apparently. But he's a fascinating guy, and anything that involves the seedier side of life, I think he has... He's particularly good at dealing with because, I mean, he has a, a a convoluted personal history, let's say, which if you don't know about it, look into it. He's a fascinating guy. And I'm sure if he's going to make a show about horse racing, it's going to be way more interesting than you would ever expect a show about horse racing to be. And the cast is ridiculous. I mean, Dustin Hoffman and Nick Nolte are, are starring in this thing, which is which is crazy. And uh, you've also got Richard Kind and Dennis Farina in there. And it just looks awesome. For next year in general, I think that's one of the things I'm just most looking forward to. How about uh, returning shows? Are there any particular ones that you're excited to see come back? Ooh, um, there's a, there's quite a few. I'm 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 really stoked to see Parks and Rec come back. I'm just I'm I'm just happy that it seems to be developing a following and and is being given a chance to really to really flourish. As much as as I wasn't uh, as huge a stan of uh, Community Second Season as most people, I'm excited to see that come back because, I mean, they're always up to crazy stuff. God, what else? There's so many things. Archer has a couple episodes airing this fall. Apparently, they're doing a three-part finale to their second season, which is airing this fall, which seems very ambitious to me. But I have faith in Adam Reed because he's a, he's a great writer. What else? It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia has a very special seventh season coming, which I'm extremely excited for. <laughs> I don't think I've ever been this excited for a seventh season of anything um, in a very long time. Uh, that looks very promising. Uh, nothing else leaps to mind. I'm sure there's more. Good Wife, I'm excited for, because it's there aren't too many good, admittedly middle-brow, but still very solid dramas that I actually watch. Mm-hmm. What's stoking your fire these days? Well, you already said Parks and Rec, and you're one of the people I need to thank for this, but I finally caught up with it due to the continued positive press and reviews I've been hearing, and I've really enjoyed that, so I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do next. I would say uh, Amazing Race. Really, I got into that in the, over the past couple seasons and have really enjoyed you know, having that... Mm-hmm waiting on my DVR for me when I get home from work on Sundays and good wife, you know, fringe. Yes. We'll see what happened with the uh, supernatural. I've been, I, I really enjoyed the first five seasons of that. I'm more iffy about the sixth season and we'll see what happens in the seventh, you know, modern family. And I already talked about glee, how I met your mother. I mean, I'm worried about how I met your mother, you know, game of Thrones. Well, game of Thrones is not going to be back till like yeah. next fall at the earliest i would think oh okay i thought it was next spring but i i could have that wrong no i think that well they're filming it now but it's going to take them ages because it's a little it's a little involved i I think it's probably next fall but spoiler alert darby dragons and that takes Uh, some time uh yeah maybe it is next i I don't know but it's it's not going to be for for quite a while anyway how i met your mother i'm worried about because they i feel like 
The last season was half decent and half not so great. They're just dragging their heels on every possible revelation, and it's just it's getting a little tiresome. Yeah, I feel like this is a show that, as much as I usually enjoy it, is several years too long at this point. It needed to have either ditched its premise or ended, I feel, you know? So as much, the fact that they keep stringing out the mother is is kind of ridiculous at this point but i just enjoy these, these characters so much that i that i'm, I'm glad the series is still around but if i to approach it critically that's you know i feel like it kind of has run out of gas and has not yet been able to recapture it, its heights in season two i have to imagine that jason siegel is getting restless there in particular because he just seems like he's got a lot that he wants to do and he's and he's getting some of it done but then the rest mm-hmm. of the time he's stuck on a sitcom that never seems to end. I'm looking forward to seeing Kobe Smulders in The Avengers next year. Because she I don't feel like she has gotten enough acclaim for the work that she's doing there. So hopefully, you know, that'll go well. Who is she playing? She's playing, oh, I forget the name of the character off the top of my head, but an assistant to Nick Fury, who in some of the comics is a, a good guy and some of the comics is a bad guy. So... We'll see what happens with that, but um, interesting. Yeah, so she's an agent of Shield. Yeah, so she, yeah, she's great. Always good to see Canadians doing well, <laughs> uh, and and playing Canadians, which is always exciting. <laughs> yeah, so hopefully they they manage to upturn that show a little bit next year. And then the final one that I want to mention is by the time this this comes out, we'll be well into the the second half of the sixth season or series of Doctor Who. So. I'm very much looking forward to, and I'm going to go out on a limb here and say by the time that people are listening to this, I'm very much enjoying this uh, second half of the season, probably. So that's the other big fall series that I'm looking forward to. Doctor Who is a strange and foreign land to me, and I think will probably (laughs) remain so for quite some time. I've never watched it. It's never intrigued me. It's Mm -hmm. so Ponzi and British. Uh, uncomf- uncomfortably so. Uncomfortably so, I'm going to say. I just hate, I have, just, I'm putting that out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyone who's listening, I have a hard time with Doctor Who. I just do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then again, you know, a few weeks ago, I had a hard time with Buffy, and now I'm watching it. So, you know, people can change, but Doctor Who still frightens me. <laughs> well, we'll see. Hopefully, at some point down the line, you can, uh, you know, check in on a few episodes and see what you think. But uh, I understand it's not the most, it's not a show for everybody. It's not the most accessible thing if the premise doesn't interest you. So mm-hmm. fair enough. All right. Well, I think that about covers it. That's that's the that's the fall in television. Yeah. Good times. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. And stay tuned to Sound On Sight for more articles. Uh, I'll be writing an article every week, you know, either a top five or an analysis of a particular topic or theme in television and we'll be putting up different various reviews so stay tuned to the the website and uh come on back next week and we'll start our regular format next week with our looks at the week in television and having you know Mm -hmm. have some guests on and good times it won't be quite as long yeah we're gonna shoot for about an hour for our regular shows so yeah this one's a bit of a slog at the start of the year but uh there'll also be just by necessity slightly less of us talking so yeah that's probably a good thing absolutely so thank you for listening and i will hopefully see you back here next week bye